Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to Legend Rouge Cycling Podcast. Another rainy day here in Barcelona and its surrounds with a stage supposed to be starting in Mataro, which is just up north of Barcelona, like 30 k's north before the Costa Brava, I'm reliably, reliably told, even starts. And they were supposed to do a lap around Barca and then come back in some of the Catalonia countryside. If you're watching the Tour of Catalonia earlier this year, it looks identical because it is. It's like you're watching that race. And then up Montjuïc, which is used in the last stage of Catalonia. It's around the old Olympic Park from the 92 Barca Olympic Games. They were going to do one punch up. Uh, the steep part, 900 meters, about 8.5%. Sweeping descent, tree-lined, before another punch up with about 800 meters to go. The descent was about 1,500 meters. Uh, and there were supposed to be bonus seconds. On the first climb, climb one, six, four, two bonus seconds. And then at the finish, obviously, the normal 10, six, four bonus seconds. But the rain didn't stop from yesterday, Benji. And yeah, that, and there's, if there's one thing we know, when there's a safety furor in an earlier stage, where there's criticism of various parties, principally the organizers for starting too late, yeah, it always means in another stage, there's going to be sort of, the pendulum will then swing the other way. Yeah, that's the case. And let's sketch the, the start here for a second. I went to the start in Mataro this morning and it was really rainy. Yeah. As in, in Belgium, we say the term water chicken. I was a water chicken. Well, so I was, what is, you mean a duck? No, a water chicken. <laughs> <laughs> a water chicken is a very different animal, my friend. <laughs> anyway, I, I was dead because I was, it was soaking. And like, I was expecting sun in Barcelona so that I didn't bring a jacket. No, two days ago at the team presentation, it was the hottest night in Barcelona <laughs> for 100 years. Really? Yes, two, three days ago. And the weather's, it's crazy. It's, it's cold now. It's 18 degrees. Ever since I arrived, it's been raining the entire way through. I yeah. don't know if that has something to do with it, but Belgians. I also forgot my umbrella. So I was in soaking rain for two hours and a half this morning, which was Mate, not great. The Airbnb but... has like three. <laughs> I know I forgot them. Okay. Now, there were rumors ongoing at that point there because I swear yesterday evening, Gary and Thomas already spread the rumor that there were conversations about neutralizing the final kilometers of this route because it, it was kind of technical, the final and so forth, because going through the parkour for a second, you spoke about it numerous times already, the Monjwick circuit, you said it, yeah. that, that climb and then the, the small descent, two-ish kilometers descent yeah. towards the final ramp, which is towards the finish line. Well, that descent and also a portion in the run in towards Monjwick, lots of rain, very very bad terrain as a consequence and so forth. Some streets were kind of underwater, to be honest. Yeah. So that's where the rumor kind of came from. So there were rumors of talks behind the scenes of neutralizing well, a portion. On the G point, when that was on what's occurring, I think last night or before, Yeah. these, when you start to hear, you know, the night before, the, yeah. top, the top GC riders are talking amongst themselves, then that's the, how these things start. They bubble away. And, Same um, last year, yeah. uh, last Giro. Yeah, it pretty much takes the top GC riders to say, hey, like, 
what are we, what are we doing here? What are we doing tomorrow? Understandably, many of the riders were pissed off from yesterday, yep. and they thought we're not having a safety, a repeat of yesterday today. And so, initially, what the organisers tweeted out this now this is where it always gets very strange to me. Was there anything that preceded the organisers tweeted out official communication or from Laura Mesiger on Twitter that? The times would be taken, the GC times would be taken at, at the top of climb one mm -hmm. in Monduith, and then the descent and the final kicker would be neutralized, but still with bonies at the end of, at the finish and at the end of climb one. And that came out and I thought, weird, um, <laughs> because they still have to do the hectic run in. Yeah. I guess they can sit up and the GC riders don't have to do the descent at all. Um, and I was like, okay, fine. They're, they're, there's a concession that's been made. It's, it's raining cats and dogs, as we say in Australia. Um, not water chickens. <laughs> Whatever we move on, we, should, we still should see some punch uh, on, on the top of that climb one. But that was not the last one. And then suddenly we saw a different official tweet coming up. The fact that there would be a, a nine kilometers to go GC neutralization, which is it, the run-in towards Monjwek climb, that would also be neutralized, which that is more logical if you do want to neutralize it, that you neutralize it from the run-in for yeah, safety yeah. issue, that more logical. But then there were rumors that the bonus seconds were still active, and apparently that's still the case. And if you do that and then still have bonus seconds, I don't really get that. I feel I like the, that. the bonus seconds should have been gone. But there's other stuff that happened throughout here. Those are the the three phases that you noticed, but I also noticed that the start in Mataro, Machin was really the the UAE guy. Machin yeah. was really going around to every team. I saw so him speaking to Meren Zeman about two hours before the start. Meren Zeman of Yambo conversing most likely about the stage. I, I afterwards got confirmation that it was about that. And then he went to Klaus Lodewijk of Quickstep, probably did a few other teams in the meanwhile, but I only saw, I saw him at those two teams. And afterwards I spoke with him and he first proposed the idea of skipping the Monjwek circuit, the climb, and going from kilometer 174 to the last kilometer. But the organizers obviously don't want that because Monjwek in the stage, they paid for that most likely. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was rejected. And then, then the other official infos that you mentioned Wait, so were So it would have been following. a bunch sprint, basically. It would have been a bunch sprint. For like a Garcia Cortina Cockard type. Roughly, yes. It okay. would still be pretty kicky, but... Yeah. Okay. Groves might have competed. Yeah, it would have been. Okay. So that's what he, I thought he would have been going around gloating about probably signing Isaac Del Toro, the Mexican that just won to 11 here today. Jesus. By dropping that kid is legit 19 years old. We just had a teenager win last year in Oterbrooks. He's here at the Welter. But yeah, I mean, we'll, be, we'll see where he goes. But UA, I reckon, will probably open up the checkbook for a, a Hispanophone who just won 11 here. That's where they normally go. I swear like he's kind of a Mexican Ayuso, Isaac Del Toro. Yeah, he's, he's big, also, he's rangy. He's not small. Yeah. He, and real cyclismo, eh? Like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going off track a little, but in oh, the it was final a better stage, race today. It wasn't much better <laughs> if race. If you want to watch some good racing, watch Lavenir final stage, Col de Zara. A major long range attack. Yeah, on the and descent, man. he basically overthrows the entire GC that he got fucked over big time because, like, TTT. Tour de Lavenir is a national team race. So he's showing up with a national team of Mexican youngsters around him. But let's be honest, the Mexican funding, the budget and so forth, the team around him, is significantly well, no, worse there, there than mainstream no cycling countries. It's like, it's like they're allowed to use the Mexican name and it's basically the Mexicans on AR Monix oh. who are allowed to use the Mexican name. 
because Mexico is suspended by the UCI right now. Oh, I'm pretty so it's not even like funded by the Mexico National Federation. Jesus Christ! So yeah, like, it, it's so unfair. Why they have TTTs in Lavanier makes absolutely no sense. It it, it, it it benefits the northern European countries and didn't um, he lose like three minutes in that team time trial? No, it's and... capped at two minutes. Um, oh, they capped it at two minutes because yeah. they know it was wrong, but yes. they didn't want it to be sounding yes. too wrong. Which, to segue back to our stay <laughs> to stay today, is kind of the halfway measure we got, where basically, I, I, I'm maybe a little bit of an extreme person, but I believe, like yesterday was a farce and a disgrace, and the yep. riders shouldn't have had to go through that yesterday. Agree. Today, the st the stage finish is either too dangerous for anyone to race yep. on it. And it's too dangerous, and we do what Matchin said, or we we do something else, or it's safe enough to race on. I don't understand this distinction where we say, "Hey, Andrea Bagioli, Ivan Garcia Cortina, Roman Gregoire, you know, you are incentivized to win the stage because that's why you get paid money, and you you're looking for that next contract." Go be you know go and race and and you know Hansen said the most daring in the tweet yeah. announcing the most daring will win. I'll be like hold up. So <laughs> these guys are incentivized to take risks on what you've deemed a parkour that's too dangerous yeah. for GC riders. And the reason the organizers will accept this in the first week of a Grand Tour is because their worst nightmare is Remco Roglic, Ayuso, Mas Vingegaard uh, crashing out. Yeah, they they. They do not want the Angleroo to be, you know, ha have half the GC field or the Tourmalet have half the GC field. GC is not going to be won on this stage. So that's why after yesterday that the organizers are happy to make that concession. I think so as well. And on the other side, you've got the riders that want to voice their opinion. And yesterday didn't feel heard. And today yeah. will feel heard after today. Now, I'm not sure that's a good thing in the long run necessarily because i feel like the next time around we might again have a situation that they're not heard and then they're going to be fixed by the next time that they will be heard as a as an overreaction to the opposite end but uh, we call it an overreaction but let's be honest about it the conditions at the start there was like roads were underwater this morning was really bad torrential non-stop rain all night the roads it, it was unclear that they would drain properly at the time they took yeah. the decision there was a decent chance there'd be like an inch of water on the road around the monument circuit Exactly. And I passed the circuit at around two, let's say one thirty to two in the afternoon. An hour before that, we saw videos that it was properly underwater, the barriers yeah. were falling over and so forth. When I passed it was already half drier, but these decisions have to be made early because yeah, people yeah. need to know what's on their plate. So on one end, yes, you can say that okay, it all dried up and so forth, and in the end it had no issues. But on the other end, I also have the feeling of if you if you let's say you keep the discussion open and then you decide with 50 kilometers to go which of the two you do it and you're also putting the riders in an, in a situation where they don't know what's coming yeah and, and i'll go back to just saying it's kind of a fuck you to caden groves or vendrame or guys like that or garcia cortina or Marin vandenberg it's like ah too dangerous for the gc guys but you guys can go race full gas, you know, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> Even if there is an inch of water, luckily it drained later, but maybe we need to get some water chicken merch. I still need, I need some verification of where that's. I want the water chicken shirt. The water, or whatever a water chicken look is a duck. I'm pretty sure a water <laughs> chicken is, is a duck. Um, but thanks for all your support with the merch. We launched that in the world to preview and it's been fantastic to see going all around the world. Some of you have already got the merch yeah. in your hot, little hands make sure to tweet us or tag us on instagram 
with the merch. And if you want, the hat's been the most popular. It's maybe because it's the simple one and people don't want to wear a Tug Buddy t-shirt to their, hey. their engagement party or, or their, um, their wedding anniversary or something. But yeah. They had to raise us all a couple with Tug Buddy merch. The t-shirt. Yes. I mean, going to a race is where you could wear the t-shirt. That's sort of a social... Uh, no, it's social. <laughs> you can wear it wherever you want. Yeah. I wear a Tug Buddy t-shirt. In the shower. I, wear, I mean, in Andorra, people don't really know. They, you know, so I wear it out everywhere. But um, a walking Toby, it looks sick. But yeah, if you want to check out the merch, go to lant- or shop.lanternrouge.com. That's shop.lanternrouge.com. It's been getting out quickly. And we hope you enjoy it. I think all the designs are really sick. And uh, there's something for everyone there. If you've got feedback or want some different yeah. designs, let us know as well, because we might do a little pre-Christmas drop with some new designs as well. But drop one, looking really good. We might not have it up forever. So if you do want to get it, make sure you order it now before the end of the welter, most likely. But we'll see with that. Anyway, the stage starts. I tweeted this morning, it makes sense for DSM to get someone in the break because yeah. none of the GC teams are going to chase. Got nine kilometer neutralization, maybe bonus seconds, maybe not. There was never really a welter official tweet. It was completely strange. And so Yumbo, Ineos, they're not going to chase. Quickstep won't chase. DSM are going to get looked at. Even Alperson are going to be like, eh. I mean, Groves could win, but he could win a different sprint too. I thought they should get someone in the break or someone from the six second teams behind DSM. Yeah. And it was EF. EF got Piccolo in the breakaway. Astana not too far behind after the TTT got Javier Romo. I really like him. He came top 10 in Burgos. He's a truck in that breakaway with Sobrero, Jaco, another guy who could do well in this sort of finish if it goes all the way. And Jan Bao and um, Yetzir Bol. Yeah. Are the other guys? Uh, I have no clue. Yeah. Cajon I zoned out completely. Anyway, but it was smart from EF because. If the, with the times being taken at 9Ks, that means DSM need to have that break brought back before 10Ks to go effectively. Yeah. And no one's going to help them. And it's a rainy day. And the, the start of the stage was super slow. Nothing happened in the first, what, three hours of this stage, right? Yeah. I didn't notice anything. I didn't notice Twitter blowing up at any no. point either. So I was expecting not to have missed anything. And when I checked back, nothing happened. So... But crashes did happen. It was in the last 50-ish kilometers, I reckon, that the crash started evolving into what occurred. And Oscar only one of the first riders, I think, that crashed. Did he, crash? he had a collarbone, like, um, like um, a suspected collarbone. So I'm guessing that he crashed, okay. didn't it? That sucks. Otherwise, you likely, just by riding, you yeah. probably don't pop out your collarbone left and right. But um, that sucks for the race. Yeah. He's probably out of the race. I haven't checked, to be honest. Then... We also saw a crash later with actual big guns involved. And like the Peloton is stressed, right? They're kind yeah. of half self neutral, uh, neutralized behind the breakaway, but they're still riding. They're still a bit stressed about the conditions and so forth. And we get around this roundabout, and there's a UAE rider on the left front of Roglic that slides out at the roundabout, takes Roglic down. I don't think Roglic could have done much in this situation. No. A lot of people, including us, have sometimes criticized Roglic for not being the best bike lander in situations, but this is irrelevant. This was not yeah. happening here. This is pure bad luck. Then Ineos riders were also caught up. Was that was there a GC rider there? Was it Thomas? Because Maybe G, but I, I don't, couldn't I don't tell. Think he went down too hard. I mean, luckily when these guys are crashing, they they're just sort of sliding. So like when we saw some crashes yesterday, a lot of crashes. The whole Jaco team crashed. Then 
at least they're not going down too hard and sticking. The way Duplus went down, he just like hit the pavement and mm-hmm. uh, or Gegenhart and the Giro. But yeah, Roglic crash. And at that point, I mean, Scottson had crashed with uh, with Peleo Sanchez. There were people going down left, right, and center. And DSM, by the way, you know, the first three hours, 37K is an hour. It's sped up because DSM were like, fuck, we've got to catch yeah. Piccolo. We've got to catch Piccolo actually 10Ks earlier than normal because we've got to keep red. Yeah. And so Malaysia, I think, or someone was pulling full. For, so it's really stressed. They're going through these roundabouts uh, where you said Rolich crashed. And then we see El Patron, the new Patron, maybe, uh, Jonas Vingegaard on the front of the peloton telling everyone, calma, calma. Um, which, like, DSM were chasing not for positioning. Like, it wasn't UAE, Ineos, and Yumbo also were starting to move up and quick step to get into good position to stay safe, quote-unquote, stay safe. Um, but DSM aren't up there to stay safe. They're chasing Piccolo. Yeah. So, but it did look like the Peloton did kind of stop for a little bit after that crash. Yeah. I believe they did, and like it was a combination of multiple riders. I swear, the first rider that actually El Patron the peloton was Oliveira from UAE that showed up at the front because oh, really? there was that UAE rider that was involved Milano, in the crash. Hey. Now, the thing about this Patron situation is Yumbo then came to the front because obviously Roglic was involved yeah. in the crash, Bombal on the right side of the road, and Vingo on the opposite side of the road. If you look in the perspective, the POV of, a, of the riders, that is, and I feel like Bombal was pretty damn aggressive and like get stop it stop it stop it <laughs> like you really want to get people, people to stop and people, i love the reaction <laughs> i love the reaction of the Ineos rider when vingegaard did that to him and the Ineos rider was like nope nodding no and then like even though it was kim heiduk no loads of Ineos riders were behind so i was like kim heiduk was probably like i'm this is below my <laughs> uh, this is above my pay grade i'm not authorized <laughs> to make Patron decisions on behalf of Ineos. Dylan, yeah. Dylan, if you could call back in five minutes, I'll get my manager. I'll get I'll get G or maybe maybe Timon can at least speak to you in Dutch. <laughs> and yes. maybe then we can work something out. But right now I'm just gonna say all I can say is no. Controversial take. Yumbo Visma would not be doing this if Roglic is not on the floor. Yeah, of course. They also immediately stopped when Roglic was back with the neutralization stuff. Yeah. So it's obviously <laughs> in their benefit that they're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not that controversial. Everybody agrees. Yeah, yeah. But no, but it wasn't like the Tony Martin thing in yeah. Nice. Tony Martin, it, that seemed to be in... Okay, yeah, I'm sure I can't remember. Everyone fucking crashed <laughs> in that stage. So that's... This in a corner? Yeah, maybe Sivakov crashed a million times. That's yeah. in Nice. It seemed to be a general like we got to stop racing, guys. We're riding on a soap field here. Yeah. Um, you're right. And also, DSM are entitled to say, "Too bad." Like, yeah, it's neutralized at nine k's to go for you guys. It's been neutralized there because of you, the GC guys. Effectively, I would have kept riding if I was DSM. Yeah, of course. They sh- of course, DSM should keep riding. Um, they they're not. Maybe they were done. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were kind of done. Otherwise, obviously, they would have brought back Piccolo because the breakaway itself would had disintegrated at that point. Sobrero had been dropped. Piccolo himself had had a crash in a one in almost the same roundabout section. Got back on, and him and Romo went clear. So it, it wasn't like the breakaway was ten strong either. Now, when it comes to the Patron name for a second here, you mentioned Vingegaard pa- as one. Is Patron at the start. here? El Patron is here. I've seen him twice already in Barca. So. He was, he was really nice. Come on. Talking about Patrons, though, 
thing ago was one of the ones that was Kalma yeah. uh, Kalma. Remco was also Kalma Kalma, and I feel really? like he's been... Yeah, he was doing the exact same thing, even though Quickstep was not involved in the crash. So yeah. that goes a bit further, I would argue. And then yesterday, he was also... He was the pro, most prominent rider in complaining. He was also one of the teams that was the most heavily impacted, but... But he still took 26 is he seconds on the Yamba? real Patron. Is, is Remco the real Patron? Or is he too emotional to be the real Patron? I think Remco, you know, he was angry yesterday, even though he took a lot of time on Ineos Yumbo yeah. UAE. So he could have been like, well, well, I don't give a fuck. We didn't crash. Um, but he wasn't. He was angry that it was generally unfair for everybody. You know, Remco versus Jonas is the Patron. I don't know. We have to do a, a poll of the, of the... If you win the tour twice, I think you broadly have more respect just from that. Unless um, you're riding in San Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're doing San Sebastian where you've won three times. In the Basque Country, maybe it's Remco. But Jonas... I mean, Jonas also gave a pretty scathing interview before the stage. He said... Uh, he said, it's like mm -hmm. the organizers don't care about our safety oh. at all. He said, yesterday was a disgrace. Um, Credits to him. So he gave a pretty scathing interview. He actually went on the, he asked, he went to the Movistar bus and wanted to talk to Enric Mas to make sure everyone was on the same page. So I, I don't know. Um, maybe the, the Patron title is a little bit outdated and it's more these guys know to talk to each other. Um, but definitely Remco, I do think, you know, he's naturally a bit more outspoken. But for Ving and Vingegaard, only when something's really ticked him off. I reckon these patrons are running on overdrive the last few days because not only in the Vuelta, I swear in the Renui tour, there was also a neutralization. Today, yeah. Jos van Emden was involved there, so Jumbo is neutralizing every race that they're in, rightfully, to be fair. Yeah, that was but... crazy. <laughs> anyway, back to La Vuelta. Anyway, we, we, get, we get to the circuit or where the 9K neutralization is. DSM can't catch Piccolo. He narrowly takes red. At that moment, anyway, we didn't really know because the Vuelta's communication, official communication about the second way they were going to do the stage, whether they were going to be bonies. We assume there were bonus seconds. Nine Ks to go. Pretty much, I'll say 75% of the Peloton stops. Yeah. Just stops riding completely. A group goes clear, mainly comprised of FDJ, some Movistar, and then a few riders here and there. A lot, mainly a lot of Lotto Destiny riders as well. FDJ absolutely driving it for their star or in waiting. Roman Gregoire Groves there for Alperson as well. So if it's not too hard and you no longer have a Roglic-Remco type launching it on Monduith, to me that made it much more likely that a, a versatile sprinter could win because yep. they can follow, they should be able to follow a little bit easier. But that didn't end up happening. Andreas Krohn steps off, I think it was... FDJ and Gregoire just could not respond at all. Gets the top of the climb, gets the descent on his own, got the fast, got the motor in front, that drags him away, no problem. And um, Andreas Krohn goes clear to win the stage with, I think it was Van Edvelt marking moves behind. He did a really good job disrupting Group 2, yeah. which I think was comprised of Gregoire and maybe a Movistar. I couldn't really see. We didn't have a motor on that group. But yeah, Krohn wins the stage. Not one I'll remember too much, frankly. Um, <laughs> Groves second in the sprint behind. He's at least, he's in good shape. Vendrame third. Um, Bagioli fourth. He'll be disappointed with that because he actually could have taken red from bonus seconds if he'd taken more. Then Barcelo, Garcia, Cortina, Gregoire, a little bit disappointing. Um, Van Aedfeldt. Marin Vandenberg was actually good. He was in group one before his court in Hobhausen was 10th. So that's the stage, Benji. Like, these last two stages are stages to forget. 
yeah. I reckon that's uh, an overall conclusion of the last two days. It is nice to see Kron win after the unfortunate passing of Teldedecker a few days ago. That's a rider that was a U22 rider, Belgian rider that I think it was a training accident that led to him being in coma and then it happened. Now, he also won Paris-Roubaix U23, so a major talent, but also uh, every young rider going too early is unfortunate. But hey, Kron won the stage. Put his hands in the air for Telde Decker, so that's that's nice, yeah. Yeah, that's nice to see. Now, looking at Malaysia's stage win, looking at Kron's stage win, I have a hard time qualifying those as equally valuable as the average Grand Tour stage win. Is yeah. there such a thing as a value of a Grand Tour stage win that is different to other stage wins? Yes, right. I mean, yeah, of course, like. Felix Gull's fucking stage win is a bit better, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> or Rodriguez's stage win's a little bit better. <laughs> of course, but I think what you mean is like with these, and to your point, once I saw, oh, they're changing it to 3.6Ks to go, the GC time, yep. I, I'll be honest, I no longer gave a fuck about the stage. <laughs> yeah. like, and a lot of people, I think, kind of felt that way too. You see the parkour... You think to yourself, you do the preview, you look at the, the profile and you think, oh, wouldn't it be great if could Roglic attack on top of there or will they try play numbers or will Remco just be too good? How will his descending be? I want to see his sprint against Roglic in a finish like this. And once that sort of element is taken away, because it's not just about the GC times, let's be honest, yep. the best punchers in this race are also the best GC riders. I use so Roglic, Vingegaard and Remco. So... Then when they change it to nine Ks, like, it's not like oh, it made it worse for me. I just I was like, well, it was all it was already. It's already not a normal stage. It's a bizarre. It's like the churn, the one Cherny one after the, the protest in the Giro twenty twenty. The rain stage. Yeah, that rain. Like, I mean, Franz Montana one, the one that was it Rubio one. I don't even remember. So the one where Pino got super mad. Was that Franz Montana though? Also, yeah, I don't remember. I mean, that was good entertainment too. Um, except in the GC group, so yeah. I mean, listen, happy for Lord of Destiny to get the win. They were very motivated, but um, at least Crohn's in good shape. This this also is an indication they might be good in in some other stages too. If, if Van Aedvelt and Crohn can get into yeah. some breakaways with De Gent as a tugger, I think they will be very, very dangerous. Lord of Destiny. So don't. This won't be the last from them. But yeah, you want to move on to tomorrow. 160Ks. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. 160Ks from Surya, uh, north of Barcelona, to Aransal in Andorra, which is the sort of northernmost road in La Masana. It's false flat uphill. It actually, they do climb a fair bit in this stage, yep. even before they get to the Andorran border. And then they climb. So from the city in Andorra La Vella to the top of Colorado is about 17 and a half k's 5% and the climb up called Lordino is about 7k 7% but there's steeper parts in there and that yeah. goes from 1000 meters to 2000 meters it's a cat one it says there's bonies at the top too uh, which is interesting there's a little so what you do is you you climb up then there's the rock del Quer, and then there's a little dipper and they kick up again so the bonies will be like a actually like a punch sprint uh the top of called Lordino before the descent 10k descent should take about 10 minutes. Then they turn towards La Masana, turn right around about, and go up to Aronsal, which is 
most of it's not categorized or a lot of it's not categorized. Like they climb, I think from the roundabout to, uh, Ertz, that's climbing is 5%, but it's not categorized. 8.2 goes 8% up to 1900 meters. Difficult climb with steep sections in there. What do you reckon, Benji? Uh, I think Ordino is the attrition climb of these two. I don't see any action on Ordino necessarily. I think Garen Sol is the one where we will see GC action, but there's also a possibility for a breakaway. That option is there. EF is now in the lead of the leader's jersey, I'm pretty sure, because yeah. wouldn't, I, I don't know if you mentioned this, but with nine kilometers to go, Piccolo was 18 seconds ahead, which meant that he is now over the other riders in GC. So Andreo Piccolo, who was in the breakaway, is now the red jersey wear, which is, it's really odd how that happens. Very and strange. Try explaining according to these two. You get these two stages in your arsenal and you need to explain to a non-cycling fan how cycling works. Good fucking luck, man. But anyway, so Piccolo's in the red jersey. They don't have multiple riders in the red jersey, so they can't use their DSM strategy oh, yeah, true. that way. But what do you reckon? Bardet? No. Well, Bardet, where's he on GC? Will he be allowed in the breakaway? He went for it today. Bardet, was, Bardet went for it in the group one today to try and win the stage. They shouldn't allow him in. Well, who's going to stop him? I would allow Bardet in. Who's going to stop him? I'm Yumbo. If Bardet, wants to take, if Bardet wants to take two minutes on GC. Yeah, but there's so many riders close to Piccolo. Yeah. Like Piccolo's losing the jersey tomorrow. Piccolo in the break. Piccolo, he'll still lose yeah, the jersey. He'll still lose the jersey, but, but Piccolo will lose the jersey tomorrow. Yeah. Um, who's, who do... They have that can climb. Carthy, I guess, would Carthy be allowed in the breakaway? Yeah, but he's not close, eh? So they, why, why isn't he they, close? What's right? Carthy's close. Yeah, he's six seconds down. So he's, he's not like on the same time as Piccolo is what I mean. But you're right. He is relatively close. Yeah. And like he will, I don't know. Will he be allowed in the break? Carthy kind of lost his reputation as a GC That's rider. That's the thing. Though. If Bardet and Carthy, if Bardet goes, Carthy has to go. Yeah. That's clear to me. But, you know, then it's like, okay, we're going to be allowing some pretty decent Climbers in the like will Buchmann be allowed in the breakaway? No, 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 no. Enrique Mas is in the red tomorrow night. Enrique Mas. Because break will take it, but then the break. I think the break takes red. Really? You think the break will win? Well, who's gonna chase? Yeah, I don't even. I don't know. So you're Who, right. <laughs> like, it's a good climb for Remco. Yeah. Normally, but I think the wet weather maybe is made him a little bit tentative. And same, Yumbo seemed to be pretty passive. Like yeah. they. Well, I mean, today they. they it was wet, so it's hard to tell exactly. But you know, this is a kind of stage that I know. Actually, I know he's winning. I know he's winning and taking red. Oh no, Mark Soler. It is not impossible. Him or Jay? I'll him, give him, you that. Him or Jay Vine? Jay Vine in the breakaway? Why not? Who's gonna stop him? I think he would be allowed. I'm curious, in. like if if we'll see dynamics in the breakaway formation that declare that a certain team is like Yambo is stopping a UAE or something, or UAE stops I, a Yambo I don't riders. expect it like the tour. Yeah, I actually don't remember who I picked for the stage in our in our preview set. I think I mentioned Bouchard at some point. I want to give you another one. I think Herrholtz is going to be in the breakaway, but he won't win. But he'll be in the breakaway. Santi. Butrago in the breakaway? He won the Giro stage. It goes up to 2,000 meters twice. It's nice and steep. It's true. It's true. He, sh he crashed hard today, apparently. That's not good, but okay. <laughs> Bernal? Yeah, I mean, that's, what, that's why I think, like, for someone's going to have to chase, Yeah. EF will probably do an honorable job of chasing because they got red. Like, 
I want Lenny Martinez in the breakaway. I yeah. want Juanpe in the breakaway with Emmanuel. I want Wout Pools in the breakaway. I want Buchmann, Zvihoff, uh, Tobias Bayer, who can climb Leonard van Eidveld, uh, Bouchard in the breakaway, Felix Engelhardt, Filippo Zana, Costa. Man, there's a lot of... Rubio, Ina Rubio could take it from the breakaway. All of these guys will not be treated as serious GC threats by Ineos and Yambo. What do we think about Akemna now these days? He's another great first week. He loves a first week breakaway stage. Kemna. Yeah, that's a good shout. Okay, you went Kemna. Who did I go for? I don't remember. I went for someone um, serious. Someone's, uh, you're I saying went, that my pick I is went not Soler serious? I and Vine combo. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm allowed a combo. Um, okay, and, I'll, I'll go for the Kemna Koch combo. Okay. Talk buddy. Oh, okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think, but I think a local will win. And Soler yeah. and Vine both live in, in, uh, in Andorra and in this area. So I think they, uh, I think they got it. Anyway, maybe Jumbo sent Volta in. Who knows? Uh, or a climate. Who knows? Uh, or Wilco. Uh, oh, GC, what do you think happens? Anyone drop anyone? I think so. I reckon we see differences tomorrow. Yeah. I reckon we see one of the GC riders that we expected to be top five as one of the ones that is losing time. That doesn't mean necessarily that it'll be shit for the entire three weeks, but that's a first hit. Yeah. And sometimes that means that their first week form isn't there yet. And we might see someone that really is blowing it out of the park yeah. right now that might fuck over himself in week three, for example. Who will it be, though? Who's going to have a bad day tomorrow? Thomas. Thomas? Thomas gets dropped. Okay. Not by much, but I think the last K when they really push, and it's not that hard a stage beforehand, it's not, it would be better for Thomas if there was a two HC clients before, then I'd like him for it. It's too easy beforehand. I reckon I have a hard time figuring out anyone else outside of Thomas where I'm like shouting towards as a rider that could have that bad day tomorrow. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Thomas too. Thomas or Ayuso? Ayuso week one on these sort of stages. He's a bit of a, sometimes he can just be shit randomly. And so yeah, that's true. Um, him or Almeida are also always a candidate to just randomly be bad. But yeah. Normally, these sort of climbs, if they do big wasp per kilo and that someone really paces it, shouldn't be the best. But Thomas shouldn't lose a lot of time, but Landa. 10, 12 seconds. Yeah, but I think he might even go on the break. Hey, I saw Remco and Landa giving a major hand to each other. I got a video of it, of them giving a proper hand to each other, talking to each other um, at the starting podium. Oh, really? Because, like, yesterday, I didn't have my media access, but I pretended I belonged and people didn't well, bother. You, you did have it. Like you didn't have it on you. You were accredited. Yeah, you were accredited. At a certain point, I was kicked out of the media oh, really? spot. Today, I had my accreditation, but I also am pretty sure that I went into places where I'm not supposed to be. As in, nah, mate. There's it. It lets you go. I was all, literally all, sitting in front of the podium while they were signing in at a certain point. Oh, that's pretty. Well, were there other journos there? Well, yeah, but behind the fence, and I didn't go behind the fence. <laughs> yeah, well, they'll just it's Spain. <laughs> if it's a problem, they'll tell you. Okay, okay. If okay. Causing a problem, they'll tell you. But I don't think hey, you would have been. Pretend you belong and you get anywhere. Exactly. Anyway, hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'll be back with the Andorran stage three tomorrow, where we're going to go watch also some of the points in this stage. Hope you enjoyed it. Check out the merch at shop.lanternrouge.com, and we'll see you then.